hey friend i think is that my official intro now i feel like i've said that the last few podcast episodes so oh hey friend (laughs) welcome back thank you for joining me today i want to talk about you about me about who we think we are my favorite phrase is balance is a verb here's another one for you identity is an experience not a definition as someone who has lived many many lives and i don't mean that esoterically i mean that quite literally if you'd known me for 20 years as much as i feel like at the core the same person even my best friend will make fun of me for like completely reinventing myself every other year and again i i don't necessarily relate to that but i welcome the feedback and if i could only chop my hair off and grow it back down to my waist like she does i would probably have a wildly different hairstyle as often (laughs) as every other year as well i used to play with all the colors when i had lots of friends who (laughs) we would all bleach and dye our hair all sorts of fun colors my favorite was rainbow I went full like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple. It was pretty awesome. And that was an experience, not a definition of who I was. So why identity? How does this relate to business? Why does all of this matter? In business, we go through many phases. It's not dissimilar to the cycle of change. For the most part, we have startup, sustain, and scale. And oftentimes at the end of a massive expansion, it almost feels like we're at startup again. In the cycle of change, we have shuffle, deal, play, and toss it in. And I mean, I'm sure there's a million other analogies for change and the only constant being change, or as I threw into this title, the impermanence of permanence. We are constantly evolving. When we can embrace that, there is so much more available to us. But when it's when we're white knuckling the status quo, when we are gripping to things that are no longer working, they usually subtly start letting us know this is probably something that's coming to an end. But in our denial of things coming to an end, we get stuck. We stay in a rut. We do the same things over and over again. And regardless of if we want different results or not, we start to get surprised by the fact that nothing is changing except for you. We have this opportunity to play with both the truth and the unknown, what is and what is yet to be. And everything we're trying to create, everything we're working towards, everything we desire is, for the most part, a yet to be. Now, depending on how you play with goal setting or manifestation or the imaginal techniques, some would argue that all everything you desire is here. It's just about allowing it in. Again, why does this matter for business? I mean, to me, it's kind of obvious, but I realize like sometimes I can speak in fairly macro cosmic terms. Oftentimes, especially as business owners, especially as people who prescribe to trailblazing, to having to do it differently, to walking their own path, we identify with our work. When you own your own business, business is personal. And our identity can get really caught up in what we do how we do it, how much we do, how much we achieve. Suddenly our identity is the end result, 
the deliverables, the metrics. Our success is only determined by how much we have. And now, again, from this macrocosmic perspective, we, we know this isn't true, but yet we still get caught up in the day-to-day hustle, comparisonitis. Why the fuck am I doing this? Who the fuck am I? I don't have time for those investigations. So I just get back to trying to get more followers, to get more sales, to get more recognition, to get more opportunity. And that more, unfortunately, my friend, is never going to be enough if you don't know who you are. And then throw into the mix, who you are will change. I think I've talked, I th- I'm going to just stop saying that. I'm, I know more disclaimers around what I've already said. Obviously, I repeat myself. This is my passion. This is what I love talking about. In my anti-business school, I have a whole module on leadership, on figuring out the character you want to play, the person that you'd want to follow, not dissimilar to our relationship with ourself being the first place to start in terms of leadership. How you lead yourself is how you lead. Your identity can get tied up into all of that. And Ray Dalio talks about principles. I talk about values. I talk about values because I think things change. I think we change. The example I always give is after a child birth or after the death of a loved one, oftentimes our priorities shift. What is most important to us can change and not only changes and evolves, but can do so instantly in a moment. The principles people would suggest that you're born with certain overarching beliefs that never change. And I, I'm not I'm not here to argue with that. That's just not been my experience. I think I witness most of my clients and fellow business owners shift dramatically in the last 18 months. We weren't running completely different businesses in 2019, but we were doing it for very different reasons. That's evolution. In this uncertainty, uncertainty, embracing change, the permanence and impermanence. How can you find that balance? How do we find the practicality? How do we find the courage? How do we do it right? I mean, the balance really is in like staying calm despite the emotional shitstorm you might be experiencing. And in terms of identity, I, I refer to them as my mid-year crisis as opposed to my midlife crisis. I question everything I am and everything I'm doing fairly methodically. And it's a fun exploration. I think this is one of the reasons why it might appear to others as if I'm reinventing myself. I'm just very willing to play it through, to try something different, to try something on. I learned, I had this experience when I first moved overseas and I was invited to a party, to an event. It was a New Year's Eve party. I think it was my, no, it was my second New Year's Eve in Australia. And it was a bunch of, like, it was, I'd met these people at a gig and I thought they were so cool. And I was like really excited to be invited to go to this event. It was a bunch of bands, a bunch of musicians, a bunch of their industry people and like most things, I, you know, RSVP'd yes and showed up. I hadn't thought it through really at all. <laughs> and I walk in on my own, realizing that everybody here has known each other for years. For like for half of this group, they've literally known each other since they were kids. This would have been my mid-20s. And I walk in and I know no one. 
I also didn't realize like this is a family event. People have their parents, their siblings, their children. These were families that had known each other for years. And I think, I mean, at least the story I told myself in my head is I was the only unfamiliar there. I was the only one, definitely felt like this, that I was the only one there that didn't know everybody there, right? So I kind of remember like blinking my eyes three times and thinking, you're going to have fun, blink, act like you know everyone in the room, blink. You are confident, social, and the life of the party, blink. It is done. And by no means was it that conscious, but I very quickly was like, you were putting on a costume and you were stepping into a character and you're going to have an awesome fucking time. So I did. By pretending like I was comfortable and knew everybody by the end of the night, I was. And it's uh, the one of my favorite books that I like to recommend, Presence by Amy Cuddy. She says, fake it till you become it. Fake it, an identity for someone who has authenticity as one of their top values might sound contradictory. So here's the balance, my friend. That's okay. Also, as someone who used to hate contradiction and continues to hate hypocrisy, it's also okay. There is a really great exploration and opportunity in that polarity and choosing an either or just for the sake of experiencing it, for stepping into it, finding that calm in the chaos. Sometimes we just have to commit to a thing to know if this feels right or wrong. And if it feels wrong, back it up. I think you've heard me say several times in these podcasts, I used to say dot, dot, dot. But in committing wholly to that perspective, that value, that identity, I was able to realize this isn't working for me anymore. I'm allowed to change my mind. That's also the practicality in this identity exploration. It's like looking at the risk. I, you know, I think about it like, like, what is the worst case scenario? My best friend and I, as we were sneaking out of her house at 14, climbing out her window to go to the park to like, I don't even think we were going to do anything, but it felt completely wild. The most rebellious thing I had done. And she looked at me one foot out the window and said, Nicole, just make sure whatever you do, you're willing to deal with the consequences. And I nodded, committed to the consequences of this. I definitely didn't think it through, but that being said, that's the risk, right? And then take action, commit wholly, step into it, play it through, pretend, fake it till you become it. That's also where you find your courage. Courage is different than bravery. Courage is knowing you were fucking terrified and drawing upon your strength to do it anyway. You know, in terms of identity, it's being the public speaker. It's being the community leader. My consigliere, who I refer to often, I called her out by name in the last one. I realized I probably should have gotten permission because I refer to her a lot and tell stories about her a lot. But anywho, this is a good story. So uh, you're welcome, my love. Anyhow, I was talking to her about starting this podcast and I was like, yeah, but I've never needed to be the one on stage. I've never needed to be the one who gets credit or gets attention. I actually am much more comfortable behind the scenes. I'm like a one-on-one kind of girl. This idea of one to many is um, weird. Okay. And she said, People need to hear what you have to say. What you have said has been so impactful, not just for me, but for many people. And, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I said, but, you know, you, 
love your Facebook groups. You you're such an inspiration and you 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 know, every day you put incredible poetry online that can really really help many many people. And that's just not me. And she was like, "What?" I like my Facebook groups because my toys are expensive. Without getting into the details, being the unusual face of backcountry outdoor activities has its benefits. And backdoor, backdoor, backcountry, <laughs> backdoor activities are something very different. Backcountry activities demand a lot of gear. And for anyone in the mountains, you know what I'm talking about, probably in the desert as well. Okay. Anywhere, the swamps, y'all, y'all get it. Um, if you like your outdoor stuff, you have, you have a lot of gear. And so getting access to that gear for cheaper or potentially $0.00 is a huge benefit. And she said, yeah, like there, when you build that community, when you, when it becomes bigger than just you and your concentric circles, crazy shit happens. There are benefits. That's that's the driver. It's not about, I wake up every morning wanting to help thousands of people. It's, I like free shit. And I was like, oh, well, my, my, don't you play that part so well. That is combining the balance, the practical, the courage, and then creating action. Our identity can often get tied up with doing it right. Being the best boss, being the industry leader, being the resourceful community member, being right, being integral, being customer service oriented. You know, there's a lot of things we can use to define this identity of ourselves, especially in business. But how do we know what's right? There's a humility to it. How do we, how do we get humble? We fuck up. We make mistakes. We get bad reviews. We have ask get people that ask us for refunds. We get fired, fired from our customers, clients, buyers. They move on. We solve their problem and then they don't need us anymore. That is a humbling experience, but it's in connecting to that humility that we find our compass. We figure out how we want to do it what doing it right means to us. And that to me, I think is this, the four quarters of identity. I just said that out loud right now. I've not actually thought about it that much, but the balance, the practicality, the courage, and the doing, the doing it right for us. When we're playing with those continually, sort of thinking about it almost like it's a circle, like it's a cycle. I'm thinking of that like flow chart, like, you know, the little arrows moving sort of clockwise around. We're, we're going to find who we are in this moment. I quote Lindsay Mack all the time. What I know to be true in this moment, who I am in this moment, that is meaningful. Who you were, who you're going to be, those are stories. Those are narratives. Those are characters that you can play. One of the marketing terms that probably comes from the dawn of marketing is your USP, your unique selling proposition. What makes you you? And as I believe it was Tyler, the creator said, let your freak flag fly, my friend. As you get more and more confident in who you are, there are going to be people who don't like it. They are not your people to convince. This is where identity, your unique selling proposition, what makes you you is a really fantastic marketing tool because you will filter on the front end. You will not have people walking into your business, whether it's online or in physical real world or picking up the phone and calling or sending you an email if they don't like what you're about. 
So by owning who you are and how you do it in this moment, you will save yourself time and money and fucking angst by being the real you, by kind of going again through these elements of balance, practicality, courage, and and action and doing it right. You find your true self. This is where your values shine through. Again, this is how you connect effortlessly. This is how you create inspired ideas that you turn those ideas into the physical, practical reality. So things that you can sell, messages you can share, people you can connect with, that dream starts to get tangible. You can you can reach out and physically touch it. You can feel it. You can smell it, taste it, hear it, see it because you're being you and being you there may also be some parts of you you're not wild about. Perhaps they're old identity markers, things that you used to define as you. Or perhaps they're things you can't shake. There's plenty about me that I have learned are just the other parts of me. And I can work on it and pay people to help me with it and set up the systems and the support. But at the end of the day, I'm going to double book myself for meetings and be a disaster when it comes to my calendar. I do not allow email to be my boss. So sometimes you might not hear back from me for a few days, potentially a week. I don't care. (laughs) Like in those, you know, I've worked really, really hard. I've um, hired people to help me with that. And then things happen. And uh, here I am being the only one responsible right now for my calendar and emails and mistakes are occurring. And I just, I, I don't give a fuck. That's it. I don't know what else to tell you. And so I was asked to be on somebody else's podcast. I just worked through, oh no, what it was is I went to, I used their link to try and book. And there's something about me that like I can book it. I, what happens is I look, I pick up my phone and I create the space in my calendar And then I forget to actually confirm it on their calendar and then it doesn't like automatically populate. And it's just, it's a thing that keeps happening over and over again. And I can beat myself up about it. Obviously it's a pretty, I mean, I was just going to say, obviously it's insignificant. That's not insignificant. Somebody asking you to participate in their world on their creative output and their podcast to interview you. That's a big deal. I, I think that's a big deal, but then I show up like a complete fucking disaster and can't confirm the goddamn appointment. Like, oh, another fun thing about me, I swear like a drunken pirate. Like the amount of times I've dropped this C-bomb, I caught myself welcome in front of my mom. Like she like puts her hands on her ears and like a solitary tear rolls down her face. It's awful. And it's me. If you don't like swearing, we're not we're not going to be friends. You're not going to listen to my shit. You're not going to hire me. It's going to be okay. In my financial consulting firm, I have had to really take myself. I have to like get dressed up and put on a suit because there's something about wearing like a tie and a sports jacket that makes me align my P's and Q's. But yeah, I've gotten called out by every single person that I work with for swearing too much and being unprofessional. So like, again, I can beat myself up about it or just remember like, that's me. And I should probably not put myself in positions where that's going to be a problem. I won't get asked to be in places where that is a problem, unless you're a CFO at a major small business and you're hiring us, in which case I hope you don't mind a fucking shit every now and again. So our unique selling proposition, mine is drunken pirate. I actually did get somebody that scheduled a meeting with me 
because I described myself as a drunken pirate. And they were like, I need to know more about you. That person um, is a photographer, web developer. It's been a really great relationship. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. The challenge is our not enoughness that we've been told we need to fix who we are, that there's something wrong with us. If you feel like you're being judged, if you feel like you're being criticized, if that hurts your feelings, why? When someone asks me not to swear, (laughs) I laugh. And then I say, why does that matter to you? And, you know, sometimes they'll be like, well, like my child is standing right next to me and I'd really prefer them not to say fuck all the time. I can respect that. I'm not out to like hurt and piss people off, but I need a better reason than like, I don't like it (laughs) because like, I do like it and I'm okay with that. And I'm also okay with you not liking it. So here we are. Um, Oftentimes when we feel bad, it's an insecurity and that means we don't feel secure in it, which means that's not necessarily a part of your identity. That's like something you need to either unpack again, when you've got the capacity and the wherewithal and the motivation to unpack it, but you get to be you full permission to be you run your business, however the fuck you want. Okay. Now, if you're not getting what it is that you want, there's, there's an opportunity there. There's something to be learned there. But if it's because of who you are and you love that version of you, you're probably just in the wrong place or with the wrong people. And that's their fucking problem. <laughs> so, um, you know, how you do things. The, uh, this is why I always say your business should support you on your worst day. This is why I I do have a resource who is incredibly detail-oriented, loves fucking emails and tagging them and color-coding them and filing them and all sorts of fun little folders and replying within an hour, like, yeah, and loves calendars and color-coding and syncing and zaps. She's sick right now. So it's all all me. (laughs) Find that person that is your foil, is the yin to your yang. Find the systems, whether it's AI or apps or process or vendors or partners who can complement your weaknesses. Most people who call me, they're like, I don't know what I don't know. I I need somebody to fill in the blind spots. And they're absolutely right. But that doesn't mean they're doing something wrong. It just means we need to resource more effectively. And uh, I remember a woman that I was speaking to in the planning uh, workshop that I used to do every year called Make Your Awesome from One Down Dog in Los Angeles. If you're in One Down, if you're in if you're in One Down Dog, I'm jealous. If you're in Los Angeles, check out One Down Dog. They're the best yoga studio in the world. So there was a woman at my yoga studio who, during this workshop, sort of looked around at all of us. Most of the girls were twenty in their twenties. I was in my mid thirties. She was in her forties. She said, ladies, something you need to know in your twenties, it is all the facts. You give all the facts in your thirties. You've got zero facts, but in your forties, you're like, what fucks? <laughs> and now that I'm in my forties, I can, I can attest to what fucks. Those sound like your facts, which are not my facts. I'm not trying to actually get as many fucks as I can into this episode to prove a point. This is just really the way that I talk. So sorry, not sorry. Your how is as much a part of your identity as your who. And embrace it. Embrace your how. Anything that, you know, I I think I talk, not saying that anymore. 
If it goes to the bottom of your to-do list, if you're constantly avoiding it, or if you just simply hate doing it, resource it or cut it out. It's that easy. That kind of applies to everything. People, places, patterns. If you don't dig it, if it doesn't make you feel good, if you don't look forward to it, don't fucking do it. Oh, also, I find a lot of value in researching a little bit about the how and others, especially people that I look up to, especially in people that I might be triggered by. That's my opportunity to go, what is it about myself that I need to either accept and love or develop and grow? Because there's no reason that this person, I don't know this person, or maybe I do know this person, but I don't know them like intimately enough to like answer the questions that I have about them that I'm judging and calling them out on the law. But I do think there's a lot of value in looking at in business, the other leaders, the other businesses who seem to have the success that you're seeking. This is where like envy is actually a, an expander. Lacey something, Lacey. I have, yeah. Anywho, um, I like to give credit where credit's due. Uh, where I was going with this is don't copy, but to, to predate that when you're first starting out, when you're first learning or when you're leveling up significantly, I do think there's value in looking around and going, who's doing what, how are they doing it? What is it that I love about it? What is it that I don't like about it? That gives you an interesting plan of attack for your own growth. Now be careful. It's so easy to copy people online right now. It's so easy to synergize a bunch of other people's stories and retell them as if they're your own. Who was it that said, you know, we're all standing on the shoulders of giants. It's important to do your homework and to figure out whose shoulders are you standing on? Give credit where possible. And then also acknowledge, like, I can't remember who I'm quoting, but I know I'm quoting someone here. Um, At some point, your unique selling proposition, the way you show up becomes your own. Be very mindful of the development and the learning in that growth process. I see amazing people, dear, dear friends of mine who, you know, will post art, will quote, will borrow without giving credit. And they're not they're not doing it to steal or to copy by any means. We just kind of forget sometimes that we're constantly consuming content and information. And it's important to take a time out and really step into your own understanding and knowing, finding your own words and developing your identity. Yeah, I just did a big weekend with Miranda Bennett the sacred way. And she talks a lot about appropriating. And oftentimes, especially as the dominant white colonialist, well, that's that's only half of my heritage. But anywho, in our current environment, in our current place in the world, we can think that we have so much access to information, to learning, to content, video, spoken word, <laughs> written, social media, you know, all the like education. I mean, education is more accessible now than ever. It is important to trace back to your roots and the roots. That's also available to us. You can figure out, you know, who, who taught my teachers, who taught them. 
where did my people come from? But like really come from, I just, what traced back my mother's lineage and <laughs> to about, uh, 500 AD. And that was, that was interesting. I mean, ish, I had a hunch that just English AF, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it can be harder. Like with my father's lineage, um, you know, his whole family was wiped out in the Holocaust and there isn't anyone to ask. And they were a migrant people. They had been, I was going to say persecuted, but, you know, asked to leave generation after generation after generation. They'd slowly migrated west. Um, And for who knows how long I'm going to have to kind of go in and do my own inquiry around that. Um, The point being what you're learning from came from somewhere. Take the time to figure out as much as you can that point of origin it's just a fascinating process, but it's going to give you so much perspective into who you are and how you do. There's also a lot that can be released and healed through this exploration and investigation because you kind of get to understand like where this particular pattern, more importantly, where this assumption came from or this, this sort of like cultural expectation it all started somewhere and I am on a rant. I'm getting back on course. Clearly the, my next point was passion plus interest equals action. Your how is all about what you were super passionate about and also what you're interested in, what inspires you, those intuitive hits that you get when those passion and inspiration are combined and do you take action on it? You are unfucking stoppable. That is where, that is magic, my friend. Um, This is how you find your radical disruptive solutions, the new way, the thing that separates you from everybody else. And it doesn't have to be like reinventing the wheel. You know, it doesn't have to be some mind altering (laughs) um, embodiment or solution or product. It's just simply what gets you up in the morning? What makes you so excited about being you and living your life? And if you are exhausted, if you don't feel like you've ever found that, rewind 30 seconds, go back, find the point of origin, like give yourself an afternoon to just follow the white rabbit, read the blog articles, click on the Wikipedia links, look up that word that you don't understand, pull up some Google Scholar studies and just wherever, wherever your interest takes you, follow it. That is not permission to spend five hours scrolling on Instagram for the record. I don't know who needed to hear that. That was one of you though. (laughs) Someone's like, it me. Um, Anything is possible. And that's where following this passion and this interest will solve problems for you, will create the desired action. When you look around and you're like, oh, like everybody looks like they're so fucking interested, like inspired and passionate. Um, It's because they let themselves play and they let themselves dream. And and you can do that. I, I remember I did my ideal day activity which is when someone kind of really needs to level up. And when I say my, I don't think I created this. I've seen it from everybody from goal setting theory in psychology to Esther Hicks talk about some form of this exercise where you really kind of dream into 
what your perfect day would look like. And in that, you you get a lot of information from that activity. It's definitely part of my, I'm pretty sure I've got that in my marketing and branding and potentially my leadership module in the anti-business school. It's something I do often though. So you'll find it if you want to work with me. But the point being that your ideal day informs your goals, where you want to go next. And if you can't, if you're not a very visual thinker, you're not dreaming so big that it's embarrassing you. It's, it's a really fantastic activity. I always say, if you're not embarrassed to say it out loud, it's not big enough. And also if you're not embarrassed about what you're going for, you're going to struggle when it gets tough. You need something like audacious. What do they call it in corporate? BHAG, big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah. It needs to like almost feel impossible because that's, what's going to get you out of bed in the morning. Or that's, what's going to get you to send that one last email or to make that one final call is that big, unbelievably inspiring dream. When you have that vision, it helps you step into that character you want to play and that identity you get to be. It also helps you call in the support and the structure and the resilience in your creation process. Everything you've done until now has been amazing. It got you here. But unfortunately, my friend, the skills, the knowledge, the learning, the person you have been up until now is not going to be who you are or how you do it for that next big thing. This is why an, ex- an exploration, sort of a continual review process in terms of who you are, can be a really useful tool. You are the one you've been waiting for. You are your knight in shining armor. And you are both perfect and imperfect at the same time. It is in your imperfection that you are perfect. It is in your imperfection that you are unique, that you are your unique selling proposition. (laughs) I forgot what USP meant right there. So it's in this review that you learn, that you grow, that you evolve, that you become that character you want to play in order to lead the business you desire. And that's like that both and that's that balance, that practicality, that courage, the the ability to do it right is to hold the vision for what this is going to be and work in the shitstorm that it is right now. I talk a lot about design theory as well. That's not what this episode is about, but this is design theory, right? This is ideation inspiration, brainstorming, patterns, systemizing, strategizing, implementation, taking action, and then reviewing it. What did we learn? What did we learn from those metrics we had set? If we didn't hit them, we either either undershot or overshot. (laughs) And there's so much learning that we're going to take right back to that ideation, creation, brainstorming phase. This is also how you find your truth. These are your values. Your values are not your identity. Your values are your guideposts, that they're the parameters within which we play. And sometimes they're going to change. I mean, they're always going to change, but like sometimes they change right now. And that's, you know, when you're finding yourself in a place of significant friction, when that shit storm like does not pass, look at your values, look at your identity, figure out where it's time to evolve. Because again, identity is not a definition. It is an experience. Okay. I love how that came full circle. You know where to find me at 
the BZ channels on social. Text 720-704-4865 if you want to get semi-daily. That's like two or three times a week little hits, kind of depending on what's coming through. And please send me questions. I would love to answer specific queries you've got on the podcast. I make entire episodes sometimes about people's questions. I'm inspired by you. I'm here for you. I always hope that this is in service. This is impactful so much so that you tell other people about it or you leave me a review. And um, yeah, definitely tell people about the Direct Connect community. I'm not sure I'm going to keep it going. Don't quite have enough people on there to to justify it. One of my least favorite things to need to do. Um, yeah, the anti-business school. I talk about it more and more. It's all coming together. I've been beta testing it now for two or three months. And the, the last audit came back all thumbs up. So um, that's why I'm rebranding as the anti-business school. It was one of the names that I first wanted to call it, but anti didn't really fit. It fits a lot more now. See, there's identity exploration, my friend. <laughs> Embracing my anti. God. I probably don't need to do any more of that, but now I'm rambling. I love you. Thank you so much for investing this time and energy into you and your success. I can't wait to catch up with you next time. Mm-hmm.